Welcome to episode 43 of the Roger Snipe Show. The Roger Snipes Show. Yo, what a one. So, another episode. <laughs> I keep saying that at the beginning of each one. No, but today it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Uh, so, me and the guest today had been playing email tag for a while until we eventually put down a date and made this podcast happen and the guest today goes by the name of dr carrie jones wow this interview or this podcast was pretty amazing and to be honest with you you'll you'll notice when it reaches the end of the podcast she literally says yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> I think I had at least, probably not many more questions, but I still had at least another three or four questions. Um, so I quickly rounded it up and it was great. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. So, Dr. Carrie Jones, she's a functional medicine, women's health, and hormone doctor who believes in the importance of both men and women understanding their hormones in a simplified manner so they can feel more empowered to take control of their own health, especially when they're told that everything is normal when they don't feel normal. She is a naturopathic physician with a master's in public health, having over 12 years in the field of functional and integrative medicine. As adjunct faculty for the National University of Natural Medicine, she has taught courses in both gynecology and advanced endocrinology. She has been the medical director for two large integrative clinics in Portland, Oregon, and is currently the medical director for Precision Analytical, Inc., creators of the most cutting-edge hormones test on the market, the Dutch test. As a result, she consults with the most amazing healthcare practitioners all over the world on the hormone status of their patients and lecture teach right frequently on the same topic. Understanding adrenal, thyroid and sex hormones is complicated. Her job is not to judge, but her job is to educate and empower. Okay, let's bring on Dr. Carrie Jones. So, how are you doing? I am fantastic. I am fantastic. I'm ready to talk about hormones. Yes, hormones, hormones, hormones. Look, I really appreciate your time. It's been, it's been hard work to uh, try and get in contact with you. You're a busy lady. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and especially, oddly now, everything has shut down and yet all everything went online and so the demands have gone up for online education and lecturing and speaking and so i'm glad to connect i'm glad that oh, we can do this i'm i'm so so appreciative so carrie like you're an expert in hormones and you so you're a functional uh, medicine hormone doctor is that correct yeah that's good i like it yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> so you help to take control yes. of people's hormones and I know, improve their lives pretty much. Yeah. Um, how long have you been doing it for? Like, uh, give us a little brief intro to, you know, 
Kerry <laughs> Jones. So I have been in the functional medicine field for about 21 years, mm. um, but I've been in practice, um, let's see here, since 2005, so 15 years. And currently in hormones, women's health, men's health, that's what I did. It's what I fell in love with. It's what I find really fascinating. I find pretty much everybody has hormonal issues or feels hormonal or gets accused of being hormonal. Um, and now, right. And now I'm the medical director for a hormone lab known as Dutch, which stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. So I am surrounded by hormonal imbalance all the time that I work with. It's a lot of fun. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> as, as, as you just mentioned that, what, what does it mean? Like <laughs> when somebody says, oh, this woman is hormonal. What does it mean? What does it mean exactly? Yeah. Well, right. Well, if it's true, if it's true, if it's not somebody just, you know, being mean, but if it's true, usually women will report that they're just feeling their mood is unstable. They feel moody. They're tired. They're having cycle problems. You know, they'll say to you, I'm having PMS. I'm having heavy periods. My periods are irregular. It's women as they get older, they'll say, I'm having hot flashes and then I get night sweats and then I'm cold all the time and I can't find balance. It's women who say, I, get, I can't sleep. I used to sleep. I can't sleep. Why can't I sleep anymore? Like what is going on? And so because women's hormones literally go up and down through the month, it means our symptoms can go up and down with it. So we can have good days and then we can have days where we're like, you know, <laughs> this isn't working for me and it's 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 very hormonally related and there are a lot of hormones but most women when they say the word hormone most women are talking about the hormones estrogen and the hormone progesterone that's usually what they mean can a woman pinpoint what hormones is a bit maybe sporadic or a bit uh, imbalanced and then be like okay this is what i need to do so, to a degree, testing is always best, so we know specifically right. what's going on, and especially because there are multiple hormones. Like, let's take, um, let's take anxiety. Woman says, you know what, as I get close to my period, I get anxious. Why do I have anxiety? Okay, it could be because her estrogen's higher than it should be. It could be because her progesterone's lower than it should be. It could be that those imbalances and those hormones are causing brain hormones to be off kilter. So we have GABA, we have serotonin, we have dopamine. Those can all contribute to anxiety. It could be cortisol related. She has a lot of stress. Her cortisol is higher. Her adrenaline's higher. She's not sleeping. That contributes to anxiety. And so it's really hard to say, oh, it's this one hormone because it could be all of them. It could be, you know, a, a domino effect where it was high stress and that kind of kicked off the cascade for all the hormones. Or maybe it was dietary maybe it was a medication she took and it affected her hormones you know it could be a lot of things that cause the effect to happen mm. so let's say she does the dutch test and you have all these different <laughs> imbalances like what would be a typical procedure to start fixing things and putting things in place super good question so the dutch test does not look at intestinal health or gut health so we don't look to see if you have parasites or candida or why you have gas and bloating or constipation or stuff like that. But a lot of health, a lot of health starts in the gut. So when I, when I'm talking to women about balance, I'm like, we, we start with the basics and we start with the gut. And so when women say, 
I feel stressed out and I feel moody and I can't sleep and my periods are terrible and, 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 and I'm like, well, what are you, what are you doing for yourself? Are you, you know, are you going to bed at a decent hour? Are you staying up late on your phone? You know, are you, are you eating healthy in the day? Are you drinking enough water? Are you moving your body? Are you exercising? And now, right now, right with the pandemic and everything, a lot of women are like, no, my stress is high. I'm not exercising. I snack all the time. My job is in peril. So I'm stressed out. And so it's, it's a big problem. It's a really big problem. And so I tell women, let's start with the basics and let's move and let's work on digestion because how we absorb all of our nutrients that build our hormones in the first place and make our hormones and contribute to our hormones start in the gut. And so it's really nice to have the test to say to somebody, here's where all the imbalances, but don't worry, we're going to take this in a very bite-sized stepwise approach. And what we find is if we get the basics fixed and we get work with the gut and then we work with the stress that it all kind of shifts downstream. I don't have to go after every single hormone that's off balance for her. Usually I can just start at the top and then it all sort of trickles down, which is really nice. Mm. And then she feels better. That's awesome. And it must mm -hmm. work hand in hand with you being into functional medicine as well. You can just yes. patch everything up. Well, not patch, but... <laughs> Yes. I just, I just wave a magic wand. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> if it was only that easy. Yeah. I have a lot more tools at my disposal. Functional medicine practitioners just have a lot more tools at our disposal versus like a lot of women get told like, Oh, here uh, you have, you know, here, take the birth control pill or here, take this anxiety medication, take this antidepressant. And women are like, I don't want that. Like, that's not my problem. The problem isn't a birth control pill. The problem is whatever. The problem is I have really bad PMS and heavy periods. Like that's not a birth control issue. That's a hormone issue. So can't we just fix the cause or women are like, I can't sleep. Like I'm not, I can't stay asleep. I don't think I need an antidepressant. Like let's figure out why I can't sleep. And what's really nice is that, you know, I have a lot of tools to go, okay, let's work on lifestyle stuff and let's work on sleep hygiene and let's work on, you know, here's herbs and vitamins and nutrients that are supportive. Mm, mm. I, was, oh, I had a question in my head. I forgot now. <laughs> Because I was thinking of two questions at the same time. I was like, no, no, stick with one. <laughs> I'm going to have to try and come back to that one, whatever that was. But um, yeah, so I'm also thinking about um, just moving over slightly to uh, testosterone. Mm. I mean, it, it has so many different responsibilities. Um, I don't, I'd definitely like to, yeah, understand a bit more about, yeah. yeah. All the, all it's, it, what its role basically well, in, in men and women we both need it right testosterone is what makes men men but women need it too um in men testosterone is made in your sleep so for you know the guys listening make sure you're getting really good quality sleep that's what helps you make testosterone but it comes at the direction of the brain so the brain tells your testicles to make testosterone whereas in women women we don't make it in our sleep um i mean we can but it's not like men um, and we make it in three different places. We make it in our ovaries, we make it in our adrenal glands, and so we actually can make it in our fat tissue. And so with women, if they have problems with their ovaries, there are a lot of cycle issues. If they have problems with their adrenals, lots of stress, they can have problems with their testosterone as well. And so many things go into making testosterone, and so many things can suppress testosterone. Just like being zinc deficient. Not having enough zinc, not eating enough zinc, not absorbing zinc can 
reduced testosterone. Being hypothyroid, having a sluggish or low thyroid can affect testosterone. And this isn't men or women, it, it, it doesn't matter. And so it's really important when we're looking at testosterone, we need it as men and women, we need it for mood, we need it for lean muscle mass, we need it for part of our libido, we need it for you know brain health, we need it for lots of stuff. Um, we just, but we, it's not like, oh, your testosterone's low, take testosterone. It's like, well, let's figure out why is it low? What's, is it, is it a communication issue? Is it a brain issue? Is it a, do is, like, you're like, I don't think a lot of people realize this, but our hormones are made in our mitochondria. So we all learn in school, our mitochondria are cellular powerhouses, right? It's where we make energy as humans. It's also where we make hormones. And so I'm telling people all the time, nutrients are really, really important for the mitochondria. The e easy stuff, exercise, weightlifting is really helpful for the mitochondria. Avoiding chemicals. Chemicals kill the mitochondria. So let's read labels and see what's going on. Intermittent fasting. If you talk to your clients about intermittent fasting, it's really supportive for mitochondria. Cold. Cold showers. Ending your shower in cold. Doing the cold plunges. Swimming in a cold lake. Really good for the mitochondria. So it doesn't have to always be a supplement. There's definitely lifestyle stuff we can do to help support our hormone production. But testosterone is a big one. Mm. Wow. Wow. I know. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, there were so many questions again. You <laughs> need to write this down. I will say that too much of, you know, it can be too much of a good thing. Women, right? Men too. We get too much testosterone. What happens? We get male pattern baldness. We get cystic right. acne, right? Women get uh, polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS, PCOS. Um, it, so testosterone can cause issues if it's too much. It's, it's, it's everything, all the hormones are like, you know, uh, Goldilocks, right? We want like not too little and not too much, you know, kind of depends. We want, it, we want it just right, otherwise we can get symptoms. And same for men. Men, when your testosterone is going down, is, is too much or it's going down a pathway, that's um, too potent. We call it the five alpha pathway. Men get prostate issues. Men get male pattern baldness. Men get angry. Men when get it, acne. Right? When, it go, when it goes down or, or too high? So when it goes down a certain pathway. So testosterone can, can um, uh, change and go down different pathways. One of the pathways increases the risk for like prostate problems. So there's a, actually, there's a, there's a, um, there's a test. It's called DHT, dihydrotestosterone. And so a lot of men's health experts, you know, make sure to check men's DHT levels because men don't want, they don't, you know, prostate issues. Men don't yeah. want male pattern baldness. Men don't want to be angry. <laughs> so we're trying to help that. DHT. And when does that need to be done? This test? You can do it, so in, if you do Dutch test, it's there, or you can do it in a blood draw. So if you're getting, if you're a man and you're getting your testosterone checked, you can ask, like, hey, while you check my testosterone, can you also check my DHT? I wanna see what my DHT is. Especially if he's symptomatic, if he's having problems. Right, right. But otherwise you can have it done at any time. There's no mm -hmm. specific time mm -hmm. when. Mm -mm. Okay. No, that was so not timing. Right, right. What about growth hormone? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how is that growth produced? Hormone. And uh, what's his benefit? Okay. Another one. Yeah. What, when you sleep? So another one at night. Growth hormone's a big one for night. And after exercise, especially things like weightlifting, HIIT training, you get an increase in growth hormone. I call growth hormone like you're scrubbing bubbles. It goes in all your cells, right? And it cleans them up and cleans them out. And it helps, it helps 
you know, growth and, and, and going, you know, move, going forward expansion. That's what growth hormone does. So when you have less growth hormone, um, when you're young, you don't grow, <laughs> which hence its name. Um, but when you're older, it, it plays a role in like disease prevention. And we, so we'd like, we'd like our growth hormone to be at healthy levels, which is why we want, as we get into adulthood, we want make sleep should be a priority. Exercise needs to be a priority because not only will it help our mitochondria, it'll help our growth hormone. So it's, it's good stuff. Mm. You get people who actually go to the doctor and get some, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's, if you'd say synthetic, but they, you know, they have it increased. What's, what's your mm -hmm. thoughts on that? Is that, is that necessary? Yeah. There's a couple ways you can do. So there's, there's actual growth hormone and then there are peptides. So there's a, there's a new um, kind of part of functional medicine called peptide therapy. And it's giving, giving you, it's an injection. It's the peptides to help to naturally increase growth hormone. So it's not giving growth hormone. It's giving kind of the precursors to help get your growth hormone up there. And so um, I am not, I'm not trained in peptide therapy, but my friends who are said that they've seen really amazing results with people who had low growth hormone mm. using the peptide therapy and then improving their, their skin and their energy and their sleep and even their, their lean muscle mass by using the peptide therapy to support growth hormone. There, there are a lot of peptides out there. That just happens to be one of them. Right, right. So, yeah, so that's the one I know the most as opposed to just giving, giving, you know, growth hormone. Right. What about, you'd mentioned um, hormone replacement therapy? Hormone replacement therapy, yeah. So there's, and a hormone replacement therapy is a really big topic because think about it, thyroid medication is hormone replacement therapy, but we don't think about that. Um, and lots of people are on thyroid medication, right? Mm. Um, but then we have estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA. Those are probably like your most common replacements that, that people talk about. And so, and, and for men and women, you know, men will go in and get testosterone replacement. They'll get a lot of tea and, you know, pellets or creams or injections. Um, and then women, women will get capsules or they'll get creams or they'll get pellets or, you know, they get the same thing. So in as mm. long, I'm a big fan of the bioidentical. So the hormone replacement therapy that looks like your own, um, as opposed to synthetic, I'm a bigger, much bigger proponent for bioidentical. Mm. And I'm a big proponent, um, that, you know, like if you need it and depending on your history and making sure you've gotten all the appropriate workup, um, that it could make, it could be life changing for, for men and women, you know, um, women, especially as they go get closer to menopause, they will talk about like, Ooh, I don't know, estrogen, estrogen causes cancer. I don't know if I should do hormone replacement therapy, but yet we know estrogen is also really protective against like our bone health and brain health and our heart health, cardiovascular health. It's good for the skin and collagen. And so it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword because obviously I don't want cancer, but on the flip side, cancer is not the number one killer of women. It's heart disease. It's cardiovascular disease. And so I'm actually talking to a lot of my perimenopausal women now like you know what like you have all the symptoms you're you're dry you have hot flashes you have night sweats you're starting to forget things your joints are hurting like you're losing estrogen so i think we need to do a little bit of estrogen and and help like help support yourself so mm -hmm. for the right person it can be life-changing it can really help improve a lot of the symptoms and reduce risk of other serious conditions 
what would if be <clears throat> what would be a symptom in in men when they need some sort of hormone replacement therapy so the big one's testosterone so testosterone in men we tend to think is testosterone goes down men tend to say i'm more tired I'm not as motivated. I don't feel as much on my A game. I don't really care. I, you know, like I'm not going after it anymore. They'll notice they slow down in their sports, their exercise, their, you know, their weights, weightlifting. Um, they'll notice sexual, you know, issues. So erectile dysfunction, uh, libido starts to decline. They start to get the belly, you know, they, and, and they'll start to get the breast development. The pecs will turn into more fatty as opposed to muscular. And so right. as testosterone goes down, that we'll start to notice that because then what happens on the flip side is estrogen goes up in men and then estrogen in men, estrogen can cause the weight gain, the breast development, um, the moodiness. So they're, they're less motivated, maybe more depressed. And so, um, that's when men start to go, huh, maybe it's my testosterone. Maybe I should look at testosterone, but keep in mind, lots of things get in the way of testosterone. So I have men in their 20s who say, I have low testosterone. Should I go on testosterone? I'm like, no, you wow. shouldn't go on your testosterone. You're in your 20s. You have to figure out why it's low. What happened that in your 20s you have low testosterone? And especially because once you go on testosterone replacement therapy, it does um, stop your own testosterone production, right? So be careful. Um, so to a degree, once you're on it, you're on it. And it will also stop sperm production. So the young men who go on it and they haven't yet had families and then they'll meet the love of their life. They'll decide to have children. And unfortunately, because they're on testosterone replacement, it can really, really, really reduce sperm production. And now fertility is a problem. Wow. So we have to be very careful with men. Um, we can't just give men testosterone like candy, especially, especially younger men. Mm. That is very interesting. Uh, <laughs> that is interesting. Um, yeah. And it's not talked about much, you know, because men, mm. they, they, want, they, want, they don't want their belly and they, they don't like their breast development and they, they want back on their A game. And so they go to their doctor and their doctor's like, yeah, testosterone, let's do it. So what's happening with guys who, wh wh what is the body trying to do? When, <laughs> when guys start <laughs> to develop breasts and they feel lazy. Like what is the body? Is, is the body just getting ready for shutdown? Like what's the, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> right. I think most men are like, no, 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 not shut down. <laughs> yeah. So I, th I actually honestly think a lot of it is, is external influences. Um, whether they made the choice or not, I think a, there's actually, there's a really good research paper that talks about the decline of testosterone in men over the years. And a lot of it is around environmental. A lot of it is around environmental exposure of like plastics and solvents and fertilizers and chemicals and the crap in our food and how that's taken its toll on the way men make testosterone, on their ability to make testosterone in a healthy manner. And so, so his choices play into how his, what his testosterone is doing. And so I think his body is is, is it doesn't have a choice. It's being forced. It's being sort of forced to shut down. It's right. not, it's not choosing to, it doesn't <laughs> want to. Um, I, I think in that case, a lot of it's forced. And, and nowadays, um, you know, just with the, like, just the lack of exercise, the lack of movement, the increase in, in junk food and unhealthy food and the, the food that just doesn't have a lot of nutrients to it, you know, fast food and, um, chips and candy and, and beer and like none of that's nutrient dense. And, and so trying, you, it, 
it gets in the way of producing testosterone in men and it increases their estrogen production on top of the fact that we're surrounded by plastics there's chemicals and everything you know he's he's using body wash and shampoo and cologne and he's got the thing hanging in his car because his car smells (laughs) you know the room spray because it smells and like he just gets all that in him and and unfortunately it can it can affect it can affect testosterone and it can increase it can increase estrogen Wow. Wow. I know. I know. So I'm really cognizant with men. I'm like, Hey, look, I need you to be as diligent as women. I need you to read labels and I need you to, you know, stop drinking out of plastic. I need you to stop microwaving in plastic. Yeah. Oh God. Microwave. Yeah. I used to do that. I used to do that. (laughs) We all did. God. Microwaving in plastic is insane. Yeah. Oh, and GMO chicken as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yes. Wow. So uh, obviously men need estrogen as well. Like what, what, role mm-hmm. does, what role does it play for a man to have estrogen? So it's, it is also helpful for brain health. It's helpful for bone health. Too low of estrogen can increase a man's risk of bone loss. So we talk about osteoporosis and osteopenia in women. Men can have it as well. And estrogen does play a role in, in brain health in men and mood testosterone gets all the love in men for sure but estrogen plays a role so we don't want it zero i mean again men often will think i'm going to get it as low as possible i want it near zero i'm like you you really don't you it's everything's in balance how do you balance that i mean you know you can try and have a healthy diet good sleep and everything Mm -hmm. for testosterone with it with the estrogen estrogen Mm -hmm. however you want to pronounce it um (laughs) how like how do you know if you're doing okay or if it's too low like testing so with men i'm like go get a blood test only testing you only testing so you can test your total testosterone Mm -hmm. you can test your free testosterone and you can the estrogen you test is called e2 or estradiol right i guess you pronounce it oestradiol and so um (laughs) so yeah so you can blood test it so men can they can definitely check their own you know they can work with their practitioner it's not a fancy he doesn't need a fancy test you can just get a blood draw um Mm. and and follow his levels same with dhea men a lot of men like to know their dhea level and other androgen but it's primarily made out of the adrenal glands um it's a big for stress response stress response but big for energy good for mood good for brain health um Mm. and you can do a blood test and check that as well awesome yeah awesome just keep in mind women and men there's right now in the world unfortunately though um there's age ranges and then there's optimal range. And so if you get a test and it says, oh, you're 35 years old, you're totally in range, but yet you have all the symptoms of, of it being low, you just, that's not your range. You, maybe you need to be in a, in a better range, a more optimal range for you. Mm-hmm. And in testosterone in particular, they have had to drop the age range, or excuse me, yeah, the age ranges over the years because men's testosterone's dropping so labs are meeting men where they're at as opposed to holding them to where they were right got you yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it's again because of like cologne sprays and the perhaps the food that we're eating loads of mm-hmm. microplastics even in the salt and just yeah everything yeah Insane. yeah absolutely and then think detox right estrogen has to get cleared out of the body well everything does but since we're talking hormones now you drink alcohol, men or women, doesn't matter. You drink alcohol, have a couple glasses, and that affects the way you clear estrogen out of your body. And alcohol, 
will win. Alcohol will get through the liver first and it essentially, to make an analogy, pushes estrogen back out in circulation. It's like, no, no, I'm here first. You, you go recirculate. <laughs> so now you have all this extra estrogen and that's why men, we call it the beer belly, right? They drink, they, they drink more alcohol, they tend to get that, that belly in the front um, that kind of hangs over their belt. Yeah. And part of it is insulin and glucose. Part of it can also be estrogen as well. Estrogen in men is, is made primarily in your fat tissue. And when the liver can't clear it in a, in a healthy manner, alcohol being a big trigger, then it increases adipose. That is so interesting. It, it, I know. It, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same for women. Women are like, that, that, those two glasses of wine a night, is that affecting my my fat tissue? I'm like, it sure is. It sure is. It's affecting your hormones. It's affecting your sleep. It's affecting how you detox. It's affecting your skin. It's affecting everything. I hear so many different things about alcohol. Some people say, oh, you should have at least a unit a day or two units a day or a few a week. Is, is there a safe amount or is it best to just keep away from it? Honestly, it depends on the person. And, and I don't mean that lightly. Um, so 100% alcohol affects detoxification. So if you are struggling with hormone issues, if you are struggling with weight and fatigue and sleep and skin, then alcohol is probably not going to make you any better. It's only going to clog up the system. It's going to make you feel groggy. It's, you know, like you still have to process it. It's still alcohol at the end of the day. Yeah. Some people are like, well, I like, um, red wine. I like organic small batch biodynamic red wine because of the resveratrol. I'm like, well then take resveratrol. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like your liver, your liver still has to work. And I, and I, I, I drink, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying this as a, uh, somebody who doesn't drink. I have, I definitely have the occasional glass of wine, but I also know what I'm doing. You know, I know that when I drink alcohol, I'm depleting my glutathione, which is your, a big antioxidant. I know it's affecting my estrogen. I know it's increasing my estrogen. Many of us suffer from physical pain, some form of insomnia, mental health issues, or have problems with relaxing. All this can lead to chronic stress-related illnesses. That's why I use PEMF by Numed. All their devices are medical grade and have double-blinded clinical studies to show its effectiveness. PEMF stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Fields. Simply put, PEMF is a form of magnetic therapy using electromagnetic fields generated by copper coils. It targets the body at a cellular level, helping with a variety of disorders, diseases, conditions, and injuries through a wide range of applications. It actually helps with brainwave activity to assist with reducing mild depression and anxiety. If you suffer from sciatica, pelvic pain, rheumatoid arthritis, carpal tunnel syndrome, PEMF can help with that also. And lastly, if you want to reach peak performance and maximize your athletic ability, then yes, PEMF can help. Check out NewMed today at newmed.co.uk and use coupon code SNIPES5 for 5% off. That website link again is newmed.co.uk and use coupon code SNIPES5 for 5% off. Achieving your health peak has never been easier. Because I know too much. I know what it's doing to my body. Yeah. But, it, you know, but on a, 
on a nice night and a nice dinner or a celebration when we were allowed to celebrate stuff. Um, yeah, I like a glass of wine. But the people who try to justify their everyday habit and, and they have hormonal problems, I'm like, I think your habit's part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but if they don't, if they're not having hormonal issues and they're really, really balanced and they're like, I just have the occasional glass, I'm like, great, you do you. That's mm. fine. It's the unbalanced people who are seeing you as clients and they're like, nothing's working. And you're like, well, two glasses of wine a night will do it. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> yeah. And I get justification all the time. I'll get, you know, oh, Carrie, but it's tequila. Tequila doesn't affect my blood sugar. I'm like, still alcohol, still affecting your estrogen, still affecting the way your liver detoxes. Mm. It's the same with the small batch biodynamic. Big fan of it, still alcohol. Like you still mm. just... If you're, pro if you're symptomatic, if you're having hormone imbalance and you're drinking regular alcohol, cut it out for a month and let's see if you notice a difference. Right, right. Cool, cool. Well, yeah. I don't need to be concerned about that. I don't drink at all. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. <laughs> what about, um, can, can women hack, uh, what they call it, uh, the PMS? Is it, yes. is it, ha is it hackable? Yes. Is yeah. it hackable? Yes, it is definitely hackable. It's hackable. So PMS, most of the time, but not always, most of the time, it is an imbalance between estrogen and progesterone. And so as we lead up to PMS time, um, like that's the time where I'm telling women, you got to take care of yourself. Like this is the time where you need to set boundaries. This is the time where you need good sleep. This is the time where you may need to shift how you train, how you exercise making sure you're getting a lot of fiber, making sure you're getting a lot of omega-3 fatty acids, making sure you're, you know, getting a lot of your, your vegetables, getting your nutrients, magnesium, so helpful for PMS, vitamin B6 or B, a B complex, so helpful for PMS. There's mm. a really great herb. It's called chaste tree, otherwise known as Vitex, um, can be really helpful for women with PMS. Evening primrose oil, which is another oil, can be really helpful for as you get close to that PMS time. And so there's good oils, there's good fiber, you know, there's good stuff. Probiotics, gut health and PMS are very closely tied. So I'm telling people, if you can eat fermented foods, take a probiotic, get, you know, help, let's improve your gut health. It'll help your hormones in the end. Does it matter? There's, there's so many different types of probiotics. Mm -hmm. Are they all the same type of bacteria or are they different no types? So it, they're very they're all different types they're all different types so um there's in fact there's um there's a like very broad spectrum you'll see like we have 20 <clears throat> billion strains in one capsule you know and then others are very specific they're like we have two we have two strains just two and and they do different they can do different things and then other probiotics are what are called spore based so that you there's they're um it kind of actually kind of sounds scary, but they're, when you take them, they help um, uh, repopulate and, and improve just, you know, gut health in a different manner. That's what I take. I take the spore-based probiotic only because, well, I really like it, actually. I have access to it, and then right. I, think it, I think it really works. But like certain, certain strains, it, it, when you work with a practitioner who's really sort of dialing this in, like certain strains will help yeast infections, you know, and certain strains will help. Um, maybe endometriosis and certain strains will help. So we can kind of get specific depending on, you know, what's going on with you. And then there's just broad spectrum probiotics that broad spectrum will help 
most of the people, a lot of the people. So if mm. you don't know what to take, I'm like, well, just take a, just pick a, pick a good quality, broad spectrum in, until you talk to your practitioner. Right. Right. I've been told that it's good to have, yeah, a broad spectrum of them anyway, mm -hmm. to have a, an ecosystem with loads of different bacteria. It's, mm -hmm. it's always and good. You can test that too. I mean, there are, you know, I call it, you can poop in a cup for science. There are stool tests and they will tell you what your diversity is. They will tell you like, Ooh, you don't have a lot of this, but you have a whole lot of that. And so you can, you know, you and your practitioner can work to help rediversify your gut bacteria, or maybe, maybe you have yeast or candida. Maybe you have a worm, maybe you have parasites that have grown up. And so you need to eradicate that and then re um, support the microbiome that you have. Mm -hmm. so I've, I've, I've done a test actually. So that was fun. Mm -hmm. it, it was yeah. A, yeah, it's fun. I, had, I don't know how to explain it. I had to, I had to place this thing over my toilet seat and I had to, uh, you know, yeah, defecate yeah. on this material and yeah and then scoop it yeah. yeah scoop it up and then put it in a little tube and seal it yeah. and wash my hands thoroughly and yeah. um yeah that was interesting so it took about six weeks or so to come back with the mm -hmm. results and there was it was really interesting how they're able to tell me certain combination of foods was not working and that I'd have to maybe take one thing out and then something else can work. I can't remember everything off the top of my head, but I do have the report if I was to go back through it. And yeah. I just found it quite fascinating, you know, yeah. how the different bacteria are working in our body. And then I started to learn that we've got more um, bacteria um, DNA than actual human DNA. And yeah. I was like, what well, this is even more crazy like yeah it's yeah so, there's a meme there's a meme that i've seen that says um we are as humans we are what our gut bacteria do with us yeah so we have to take care of them but they are in turn taking care of us or trying mm. to yeah yeah trying we, so, we just gotta help trying them out to. and it take i mean they shit they'll shift in about 24 hours so if you if you are a very healthy eater and then let's say you have a massive cheat day, massive cheat day. It, in, in about 24 hours, your gut microbiome will, will shift because of your cheat day. All the, all the, whatever you ate, pizza and alcohol and soda and chips, whatever you have, whatever you chose, but 24 hours. So then if you get back onto your normal eating, it'll shift back in about 24 hours. And so it's, so people will hours. say like, oh my gosh, this is going to take forever, Carrie. I don't know if I can do this. I'm like, no, it's your microbiome do not mess around they move fast and mm. it, you can make big changes in small periods of time now it's harder it's harder if you have an infection so if you were to tell me like well i had worms you know like it's you, you, food will not get rid of worms you have to or you have to get you will, you know you have to kill them yeah, <laughs> yeah but microbiome your your gut microbiome your own your own bacteria that live in your body that are you know good for you like you Could can you can shift them and adjust them Worms themselves, does that affect hormones in any way? They can. Yeah. So any kind of infection or inflammation definitely affects how we make hormones. Right. Yeah. And people will tell you too, people will say, they usually don't maybe know they have worms, but if they're like, gosh, I have so much gas and bloating and they'll start to tell you about their hormonal symptoms as well. I have so much gas and bloating and I have endometriosis or and i have severe you know cramps with my period i get pms oh and i have brain fog i just i can't think i'm so tired all the time and i have joint pain like 
there's a lot of and when we when we talk about gut health. Right, right. And that's about, men or women. Men, men get it too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about uh, P? I think it's called PCOS. Mm-hmm. Polycystic, mm-hmm. Polycystic ovary, ovary syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a few. I'll tell you the classic. So there's a few forms of it. So it's um, the typical diagnostic criteria. There's three things. You only have to meet two of them to get diagnosed. One of them is you actually have cysts on your ovary. So as a woman, you will go get an ultrasound and they will say to you, oh my gosh, you have so many cysts, it looks like PCOS. So that's one criteria. Another criteria is that you have um, what we like crazy cycles. So you don't ovulate, you, your cycles are, are irregular. Sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. You don't release an egg. Maybe you are struggling to get pregnant. So that's another criteria. The third criteria is that you have high levels of testosterone or DHEA and the symptoms to go with it. So these women say, I'm getting hair growth in places I don't want. I have acne um, on my jawline and on my neck. Um, what, I'm losing hair, you know, the male pattern baldness, what's happening? So you only have to have two out of those three. You don't, despite the name polycystic, you don't have to have the cysts. The mm. most common reason, although there's other reasons, the most common reason for PCOS is very, um, it's very insulin related. It's very, um, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. There's some genetic reasons that you, that women genetically will make more testosterone than other women. They will struggle with insulin more than other women. And all of it goes to affecting how they make their hormones that they don't ovulate. They tend to um, gain weight around the middle. They often struggle with fertility. And so that's sort of a common form of PCOS. Now there are other forms. Inflammation can induce it. Um, court high stress, it can be more adrenal related. Uh, you can get very similar symptoms. Women who have come off the birth control pill. So they were on the birth control pill for years mm. and they come on and they kind of, what we call it's post birth control. PCOS. And so what we used to think of PCOS is now expanded. It's now actually really much, much broader, which is great because now we can like really pinpoint where a woman is and, and really, and really help her. But it's really common and it gets blown off by a lot of practitioners. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, so with the birth control, mm. is that, is it good or is it bad or does it depend? <laughs> You know, um, so I, yeah, it's, it's a hard, that's a really hard question. I am not against birth control at all. I'm very, you know, if a woman is like, I don't want to be pregnant. This is what I need. Like, thank God we have it. Absolutely. Mm. What I am against is that so many women are not told of the risks. And then when they get the risks, when it happens to them, they, nobody thinks to say, you know, it might be a birth control pill. Like maybe we should stop that. Instead they're like, Oh, you're depressed and suicidal now. Here's here's a here's a uh, antidepressant right. on top of your pill. Like, oh, you have a lot of GI issues, gas and bloating and, and whatnot. You must have IBS. Here's a pill for that. Like, oh, you're having you know these other. It's it's really unfortunate that these women no women are not commonly told about the the long term risks and the side effects that can happen. And then if they get the side effects, I'm like, you tell me. We need to stop the pill and find something else. So mm-hmm. I'm not. 
I know there are I know there are doctors that are against it, and I'm glad we have well, I'm glad we have birth control options. I just wish they weren't so chock full of risks and side effects. That's mm. my only. Would that be all of them? Are there any birth control <laughs> pills which are? Um, no, no, they all come with a lot of risk. Birth control pills, yeah. So the pill, the birth control patch, the ring, the injection, the implants. They all have a lot of risks um, when you when you read up about them that women need to know about. There's the coils, the IUD. Um, mm. They there's one that's hormonal and it, it has a synthetic progesterone in it, and then there's another one that has copper in it that it doesn't have any hormones in it. They both also have side effects. Um, they just act differently, and so with women, I'm like, look, here are all your options. Here are all the things, here are all the risks, potential side effects, and here's what you need to look out for. So if you, um, if you get any of these symptoms, you need to let me know immediately because I, I don't want to blow this off. There's a, actually, there's a really great book. There's an author, her name is, or she's a doctor, Dr. Jolene Brighton, and she has a, a book called Beyond the Pill, and she takes women through all the, the just really easy to understand information about birth control, all forms of birth control, even though it's called beyond the pill. She talks about the IUD as well and other stuff. Mm. So she's a, she's a wealth of knowledge. And she actually has coined the term post birth control syndrome because of the women who are come off the pill and are like never well since like I was never well wow. since I went off the pill. I have all these, why all these problems. Wow. She's the one who figured it out and then wrote the book about it. So, um, Okay. No, but lots of women oh. are on the pill or have the IUD and do great. I mean, a lot of women write me and they're like, I've been on the pill and I have no issues. I'm like, fantastic. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not who I'm addressing. <laughs> like, it's all the other women that who yeah. are, you know, really struggling. They're, they're who I'm addressing right now. Are there pills for men? No. 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 Okay. There's a vasectomy. You can get snipped. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's about all men have right now. Yeah. Right, there's right. yeah. Other okay. barrier method, right? Barrier method, vasectomy for men, abstinence. Um, that's yeah, which is no fun. So <laughs> yeah. There's it's terrible. It's terrible. When when I joke all the time when I am in charge of the universe for women. When I'm in charge of the universe for women, um I, it's gonna be a button or a switch that they can just be like, I don't wanna be pregnant this month, and we just Pushes, you know, and then it's done. It's easy. There's no side effects. And then That's when she's it. ready to be pregnant, she's like, let me just turn that on. <laughs> Make it so much easier. <laughs> yes. Oh man. So do you do things? Um, do you understand a lot about like <clears throat> things like uh, ghrelin and the hunger hormones and um, cortisol and all other types yeah. as well? Yeah. They all the leptin. Leptin. All right, let's yep. let's talk let's talk about cortisol. Uh, what I understand about it is everyone says, "Oh, when your cortisol raises, you don't want it to raise too much." And we know that it raises up in the morning. Mm -hmm. What other benefits does it have besides helping you wake so up? So many. Ooh. So cortisol is known technically. It's called a glucocorticosteroid. <clears throat> Gluco because glucose, your blood sugar, is the primary thing it manages. If you can't get your blood sugar right, you will never get your cortisol right. And if you can't get your cortisol right, you will never get your blood sugar right. That's what it manages. When cortisol goes up, it it tells the body to release blood to release glucose into circulation. So it deals with blood sugar management. 
it helps us switch from conscious to alert in the morning. So you wake up, your alarm goes off, you're like, okay, I'm awake. And it should take roughly 20 to 30 minutes for us to switch into an alert state. Most people can't. Most people need about an hour and some caffeine and then they feel <laughs> alert. But cortisol is what helps us get there. That rise in cortisol in the morning has a lot to do with autoimmune disease. Um, what it does is when, when you are, when your immune system, your immune system is very intelligent and your immune system makes an immune cell, one of your little soldiers, and it, but it runs it through a, like a screening process to make sure that your soldier is not reactive against you, which is called autoimmunity. So they want to, your body wants to make sure like, did we accidentally make this cell autoimmune? And if it did, if it accidentally made it autoimmune, it pulls it to the side and the spike in cortisol is what triggers the killing of that cell. Cause we don't want a cell floating around that's autoimmune mm. in theory. So if we don't have the spike in cortisol, then those little autoimmune cells in my head, in my analogy, they like slip out, they sneak out and they go out into circulation and they can worsen somebody who has autoimmune or they can increase somebody's risk for developing autoimmune. So cortisol has a lot to do with our immune system. So blood sugar, immune system, alertness, mood, um, our resiliency, how resilient we feel. Cortisol has a lot to do with that. How resilient so we feel. How resilient we feel. Like, right, do you right. feel burned out? Do you feel like you can take on the day? Do you feel like you can handle stress? Or is, does you, do, you, do you constantly feel like your plate is too full? Um, cortisol helps, partly helps you manage that. And so mm. it's really important. Now, too high of cortisol all the time. Yeah, absolutely. That can be a problem. That can be a problem. Is that and, when but stress a, levels are too high? Or yeah. is it that that causes high stress levels, which way is it? Stress comes first and cortisol responds. Now right. stress comes in all forms. Stress can be <clears throat> physical stress, emotional stress, mental stress, but it can be inflammation. So let's pretend you shouldn't eat dairy, mm -hmm. but you don't care. You eat cheese every day. Every time you have cheese, your body, your immune system has to react against it if you're not supposed to eat it. Every time your immune system reacts, your cortisol has to react which means every time you eat cheese, even though you know you're not supposed to, you set off an inflammatory cascade. Your immune system goes off, inflammation happens, cortisol goes up every time. So I tell people, you, it could be stress that you can't control, but it can also be stress that you can control and you're choosing to do otherwise. <laughs> so yeah. That's a lot goes really into cortisol. Yeah. Yeah. And we want cortisol to be able to, you know, spike. We want, if, if, um, like you were telling me the story earlier about your bike, right? Where you're like, come on, get, like, I have an appointment. We have to, I, you have to fix this faster. Your mm. adrenaline starts to rise. Your cortisol starts to rise because your body's sensing like you're getting frustrated. So yeah. you, you want that. That's a healthy, normal human reaction. Like, mm -hmm. are we going to fight? Are we going to fight? Well, let's do it. And then, and then, you know, you're like, oh, I got my bike back. Cool. And so then it, and then it comes down. Yeah. But what in a dysfunctional person, you know, they spike up high all the time or they have this kind of chronic high level and that's where we get into problems. Mm. So once, if, if it stays high at all times, what happens to the body then? So it, it increases your risk for like weight gain. It increases your risk for diabetes and pre-diabetes. It increases your risk for high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease. 
it increases your risk for lots of stuff. So you got to be really careful. Got to you got to stress management is a really important part of hormonal balance. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, thyroid. What's yeah. what's the main purpose of thyroid, and what causes hypo? Is it hypo and hyper? Hypo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hypo and hyperthyroidism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the thyroid sits right here. It's right. It's the little gland that's right here on your neck. And it's, um, it does so much. It plays a huge role in hormones. So it helps a lot with energy and metabolism, and it helps with fertility. For women, it helps us with, do we ovulate? Do we not ovulate? Um, it helps with um, you know, muscle building. It helps with brain health. It helps with skin. I mean, it, digestion. Thyroid has a lot to do with um, how we move our digestion through our body um, and out. Uh, so hypothyroidism is when things slow down. So now we are more prone to constipation. We are more prone to weight gain. We're more prone to hair loss. We're more prone to dry skin. We're more prone to fatigue. We're more prone to like mental slowness. Hyperthyroidism is the opposite. It's when your thyroid has a lot of hormone out in circulation. Hyperthyroid, you tend to feel sweaty and anxious and your blood pressure is high. Um, you tend to lose weight, not always, but you tend to, um, things, things are moving much faster. You're more prone to maybe diarrhea or looser stools. Mm. And so again, with thyroid, it's much like other hormones. It's, you want it in balance. It's like Goldilocks, mm. not too much, not too little, <laughs> but yeah, thyroid's a big one. And I'll, we think of thyroid as mostly a women, a woman's, um, condition. And I'm seeing, hearing more and more men diagnosed with hypothyroidism and I, want men to know that because I don't want them to get forgotten or blown off by their practitioner. Like, oh, that's what women get. Men don't get that. It's not true. Men can get hypothyroidism and hypothyroidism will affect testosterone right? and fertility. So we have to be careful. What is the best type of foods to keep your uh, thyroid in check? So that's a hard one. There's a lot of really good nutrients um, Mm -hmm. that are good for thyroid. With thyroid, it's not like it's it's not it's um it's not like eat you know eat carrots and your thyroid will balance. Like it it doesn't work that way. But there's a Mm -hmm. lot that goes into making thyroid. Like for example, tyrosine, uh, iodine, selenium, zinc, copper. These things all iron all go into the multi-pathway to make, you know, to get from point A to point Z. Like there's a lot of nutrients that go into that. So whatever diet you're eating that's giving you all those nutrients will only help your thyroid. If you're not eating a very diverse diet, if you're eating a lot of um, empty calories, then that's not going to help your your thyroid. Mm -hmm. You're going to struggle to make it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> interesting. I used to just, yeah. you know what? I didn't really know much about thyroid. All I know is um, if, it's, um, if it's not functioning well, you'll end up putting on some weight. That, that's what I understood. Like if it was a hypo. Hypo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hypo. So I thought, well, I'm not fat, so I'm sure it's active uh, or okay. Um, but yeah, I didn't know, you know all the other things it was linked to. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, a lot, a lot. And especially for women, especially as women go through changes. So getting pregnant, delivering the baby, perimenopause and menopause, those big shifts in our life 
increase our risk for thyroid problems. So I tell women, hey, look, make sure when you get pregnant, you get your thyroid checked. Make sure when you deliver the baby, if you know, you get your thyroid checked again. Make sure if you get close to perimenopause, get your thyroid checked again, which some women are like, man, that's a lot. I'm like, I know, but it's these big shifts in our hormones that can, in our life that can affect how our thyroid works. So don't miss it. Don't miss it. Cause there's so much we can do. So yeah. be proactive. Mm, yeah. Cool. What yeah. about oxytocin? Oxytocin. Um, it, is it known as like the love chemical or mm -hmm. what, what, what they yeah. call it? It's like to do with feelings and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the hormone that's released when mothers breastfeed. It's the hormone that people release when like, um, when you hug, like when you hug your, your partner, um, when you hug your, when you, when you, something you love. So your, your best friend, your, your partner, your animal, your dog, your cat, like that unconditional love feeling, that's, that's what re increases oxytocin. That's what we're missing a lot, a lot of on as a human race right now mm. with all the lockdowns because we can't actually hug or see the, our loved ones for a lot of people. And so we're missing out on oxytocin. And so it makes us just feel good. And more importantly, it reduces stress. So when we increase our oxytocin, our stress response comes down almost instantly and that's so important. That's so much what we need right now. Right. And, and right. E like animals, I mean, you know, people, I have people that are like, well, I don't have a partner and I don't have kids. They're like, but I have a, I think like, I love my dog. I'm like, dogs do it. Like, you know, like dogs give that unconditional love. So pet your dog and love your dog and or your cat or whatever it is. And it's when you get that like unconditional, like, oh, you're the cutest. That's oxytocin. <laughs> <laughs> is there, um, is there a, a maximum amount or is there uh, you'll get more oxytocin from one than another let's say for instance uh lovemaking like is it is it like a, a massive influx or it's like there's a certain quota of oxytocin that you're gonna get from all kind of thing right it, it depends and, and people people will you can feel it right you can feel it so you can definitely you can have uh lovemaking where you're like where you, where you feel loved, where you're just like happy, like, oh, that was really good. I feel that. And then you can have other times of lovemaking where you're just, you know, it's a, you're just way up in the clouds. Like it was just amazing. You're just so happy. You know, you just feel so loved and so close to the person you were with. So it can definitely be variable. There's, there's not really like a cap on, <laughs> on the sensation, you know, or the feeling. And just like people will say like, you know, when I, when I, when I hug my partner, my husband, my wife, my whatever, like I love them and I, and I love the feeling I get, but when my, when my, when I'm snuggling my baby, like it's amazing how I feel. I'm so calm. I'm so happy. I just feel. And so it can definitely just vary by the interaction, the person, your state of mind at that moment. If you're super stressed out, but hugging your favorite person, like it'll help, but it may be different as if you were really relaxed and in the moment and then hugged your favorite person. Um, so every little bit helps, but yeah, it can be various levels. Um, and the same person or dog or cat or kid may not release the same amount every time. You know, they, it depends on your state as well. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> yes. Oh. Well, this is good, right? We covered a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
Yes. I think, I think you mentioned earlier about adrenals. Could you tell me a bit more about the adrenal glands and its purpose and what it does? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And I hate to say that I have to wrap up soon because I have another appointment right after this. No worries. Run. No worries. We'll I apologize. But the age, so the adrenals are two glands and they sit on top of your kidneys and they're part of an axis called the HPA. H is hypothalamic, which is in your brain. P is pituitary, also in your brain, and then adrenal, so down, down on top of your kidneys. And what your adrenals produce are cortisol, which we've talked about, DHEA, plus some other hormones. There's a hormone called aldosterone. Aldosterone helps you deal with your salt water balance. Um, but the, the two hormones that get the most play or most talk about are cortisol and DHEA. So they help manage stress. They manage your immune system. They help manage glucose, they manage um, all sorts of stuff. And so, and, and they play into your thyroid. They're, they're best friends with your thyroid and they're, they play into your testosterone production and they play into a woman's cycle. Um, they can we call them feedback loops. And so if you're really stressed out, then the body might go, ooh, now is not the right time to make hormones at a normal level. Like we're going to shut everything down. We're going to bring it down for survival. And then once you move out of the stressful situation, things come back up. The feedback loop mm. relaxes. And so women will say, gosh, I, I was under so much stress and I skipped a period or my PMS was horrible, or um, I don't think I ovulated or I can't get pregnant. What's going on? I'm like, the brain is going, Hey, <laughs> it's a lot of stress let's not do those things right now. It's the same for men. It's the same for men. Men will go, I have so much stress and I'm struggling with my libido and erection ability. I'm like, this is the brain is like, nope, now is not the time. Like, yeah. no, we're going to affect this. And then is not all men, of course, and not all women, of course, but some are more sensitive than others. And so they'll notice as they work through the stress, as they release the stress that, um, like everything's back, everything's fine. Everything's back to normal again. Cause that feedback loop. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of cool. That is, it's fascinating stuff. <laughs> but do you have a book or anything which is out that anyone can? No, I wish, I wish, I wish, oh. I wish. I know wow. I'm, I'm, it's on, it's on my to-do list. It's on my to-do list to do a whole thing about hormones. Cause I, I am on Instagram is, which is how we found each other. Yes. And so just I tell am, me your handle again, please. So yeah, I can, uh, at, can at, dr.carryjones so at dr.carryjones and it's all hormones all the time that's all i talk about for the most part and yeah. um yeah and so that's that's predominantly where i hang out in the book hopefully crossing fingers is coming it's on oh man list. i i need i need that book i need that <laughs> I book <laughs> and uh, what is your website yes. you have a website right i too so you can actually go to dutchtest.com you can learn we have all about hormone testing, which may interest a lot of people, but we also have all webinars, all our podcasts, all of our, everything we do is up there and it's all free. You don't have to be a practitioner. You can hit just play and learn your heart out. And then my own website is, is drcarryjones.com. So it's, and which is primarily linked to Dutch as well. So. That's fabulous. Yeah. That's fabulous. I'm going to put that in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time. Oh my yes. God. It's been incredible. <laughs> it's been incredible. I'm probably going to DM you some more questions. I swear. Like this is, yes. this is amazing. <laughs> please. Oh, please. Yeah. And I'll, actually I'll hook, I think you should have, um, I'll hook you up with one of my really good friends. He's who's, he's who I go to for men's health. 
I don't know if you have a men's health expert, but I'll, I'll hook you up with him. Uh, maybe he's good for your, for your show. So you can ask him all the men's health hormones on testosterone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, basically 86% of my followers, oh, actually 87, 87% of my followers are men. Okay. So, uh, all right. Yeah. This will be a good one. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's who I go to when I have men's health questions. All so, right. Yeah. Super. Fantastic. Dr. Kerry Jones, thank you so much for your Love time. It. I really appreciate it. It was incredible. <laughs> Thanks for having incredible. me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All good. Have a great Bye. day. And you too. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. Any guests which I have on the show really provide some golden nuggets and useful life-changing tips. So always feel free to check out their social media platforms or website links, which will be written in the show notes. These shows are financed by my sponsors, so your contributions are always greatly appreciated. Any clickable links with discount codes will not only provide you with the best services, but will help out the podcast too. So thank you. If you do like the Roger Snipe Show podcasts, then why not give it a review? A five star would be awesome but some great feedback on what you liked about the show or what you would have liked to hear would be helpful too. Until next time.